Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Online Selling Partner Podcast. Today, we have uh, Chris here with us, and I'd love for Chris to give us a little bit of intro into who you are, where you came from, and uh, a little bit about your your business experience. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Isaiah. It's great to be here. My name's Chris. I run a software company called WooCommerce. Uh, that's uh, my surname. We're a family business based in the UK, and our objective nice. is to help Vendor Central users process orders more efficiently, process shipments more efficiently, ultimately saving them time, saving them money when it comes to their operations, uh, reducing their shortages, reducing their chargebacks, and much more on the preventative and the proactive side of things rather than a lot of conversation focuses on the, the reclaim and fixing the problems uh, after they've happened and we're about preventing them in the first place. So that's a bit about what we do. That's awesome. Well, that's a great topic. I know we're here to help people out there in the vendor central space. And there's a we've had some great conversations on the podcast so far with, like you said, people that have built software for the past. I I, I love how you're talking about looking into the future of permanent maintenance. You know, but uh, anyway, exactly. I I would love uh, for you to go ahead and tell us a little bit about how did this software come about? Like, what is the origin story? So we, as a family company, have been running for many years, um, even since before when I joined. I went off to university, uh, had uh, my own career out, becoming uh, an amazing salesperson, cough, cough, and then rejoined my dad about four years ago. Um, he said, we've launched a new product. It's focused mainly on Amazon. Would you like to come sell it? And at that time, in my own personal career, I'd been doing quite well in my old sales job, but I wanted a new challenge, wanted to get my teeth into something new. And at that time, we only had one customer, one Vendor Central user when we first launched. And I said, you know what? I'm going to really regret it if I don't give this a try. So I joined on. And yeah. thankfully and mercifully, it was a really great success. <laughs> uh, there was a big demand. Uh, there were lots of Vendor Central users who were having issues with their operations, lots having issues with order management, uh, chargebacks and all sorts. And we just hit a sweet spot in the market. And it's not been an easy um you know, it's not just like you you turn up and, you know, people start printing money at you or something like that. But, you know, you still have to go out and find the right businesses to work with. But to the right person and the right customer, it really does save a huge amount of time. And so my job is doing a lot of project management now, coordinating with new business, uh, set up and onboarding new clients and making sure that our development aligns best with the, the values and the, the priorities that our customers are facing in terms of the issues they hit. Um, so, yeah, as a company, we've been running for 20 plus years, uh, this particular project, about four. And we've grown a lot, obviously, since our first customer then, you know, back then we were excited when uh, someone was just sending boxes to the UK. And now we, we have customers all over the US, Canada, the whole of Europe, and even Australia and other places. So it's really good fun to think that we're just this uh, family business starts out and now we're uh, helping companies all around the world uh, with their operations. So when when you talk about helping with operations, um, are you just doing software or do you actually have a 3PL or some sort of actual uh, warehouse or how, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something we've thought about as well, but for now we're purely software focused. Um, we do mm -hmm. have a number of 3PL partners that we work with in different regions with different specialties, um, but you are right. Operations is a combination of fulfillment and physical process as well as software and technical process and we're more focused on the, the latter half 
Awesome. And I know there's a lot of different directions we could go, but I do, I do know that I like to really dig into the nitty gritty for people who are on Vendor Central and uh, a couple things. What, in your experience, I know you work with a lot of Vendor Central brands. What do you see is the most common thing that people have issues with, but they don't un understand or realize what the issues are maybe, or how to fix them? What, what do you think is like, the core biggest moneymaker thing that you see? Um, there are definitely, I'd say there are three big topics okay. that people face. And some of some businesses will have more or less awareness than others about them. So the two big ones are shortage claims, which most mm -hmm. people are familiar with, but we can talk about that. The second one is chargebacks, uh, most commonly mm -hmm. PO on time accuracy chargebacks. And the third one is what I like to think of as hidden or incipient costs to do with admin time and warehouse process that are ultimately um, really gumming up the account and making it less efficient than it could be, uh, all impacting things like um, vendor lead time and uh, fulfillment day window opportunities and your overall process, just slowing down and reducing the profit profitability of the account. So those three things. And if you talk to a company, some of them will have either a good, decent, or pretty basic understanding of those three. Um, and all of them uh, should really be addressed first most with data-driven decisions of how to go about fixing and remedying those three issues. And how does, how, how do you see, I mean, obviously those are three issues and I know every brand's different, but what do you think is like, the, the most first biggest win that you see companies do, especially if they get your software or, or you see like, hey, this is just the first big win. Um, obviously, they want to hit all three, but if, if, if I had to focus on one for my first one to make the most money in the short term, what would I, what would I start with? Um, that's a great question. Um, well, the, the main thing I think that a business needs when approaching any of those three issues is an openness and an attitude internally that they're willing to try something to mm. explore another way of doing it and to not be too proud to ask for help. Um, it's no shame to ask for help in this world. Amazon is constantly changing how they're doing things and you've got to be open to trying new things. Um, because what we do is more on the prevention side rather than the reclaim side. If someone has an immediate issue right now, the thing that they can do to get the most money or to stop losing the most money in the shortest period of time is to get in an agency and reclaim a whole bunch of shortage money. If they have shortages, that is the single most most effective way you can do to get money back. You typically pay a no win, no fee. So if you've got maybe a million dollars in shortage claims, uh, you might get back, let's say $300,000, and then you're going to pay the company a fee of, I don't know, let's say 10 or 15% of that. And you're going to be home with 250,000 as your, you know, win after a few months. That's probably the what single are, biggest thing you could, could do. What are some companies that people should look out for? To do um, well, um, yeah, full disclosure, these people are my friends and I like them very much. Um, and some of them we've worked with for a long time. Um, I'd really recommend checking out ChargeGuard or they're also owned by Carbon6. Uh, there's a lady there called Shelby. They should go talk to. Um, there's also a company called Refund Sniper. And they've got a great team there for getting money back. And there's also, if they're, they're, that's if companies are based in the US. And if they're based over in the EU, um, you could look at either Brain Labs, uh, a company called Molsey, or you could look at Tambo, 
um, or there's a few other providers that do that same kind of service, but you tend to need to ask for that additional information. But they're the four I'd recommend. Okay. So I have ChargeGuard, Refund Sniper, and then Brain Labs. That's it. They just, yeah, and they then... recently, it was a company called Molzy, but they got recently acquired by Brain Labs. Okay, Molzy. And then uh, what was the fourth? Uh, they're called Tambo, T A M B O. T A M B O. M for okay, Mike. Good. Uh, awesome. Well, that that's really good information. Okay, so now someone contacted, I'm going to say Tambo, and said, "Hey, uh, help us out," and they yeah. got a three hundred thousand dollars back. That was number one thing, and now they're like, "Well, what can we do to prevent these things going forward?" Then they call Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ideally, they call me right from the start, and I can, yeah. uh, you know, put them in contact, and they can think that yeah. I'm an amazing guy. Um, but yes, then they call me, and the first thing I would want to do with someone is just have a discussion about how their whole business works. Um, nice. My first job is to listen. It's not to tell someone what to do; it's to listen. It's to do with understanding how they work, what they do, what they don't do, uh, what works well, what does not work well, and look at it from that angle. A lot of the operational charges that you get with Amazon, so specifically the PO on time accuracy ones, can be helped and somewhat reduced if you just examine the processes and look where things are going wrong. So it might come down to we have an admin process which uh, requires this person to log in and do this action and they went on vacation for a few days and that caused us to have a, a charge, but turns out that charge was quite big or something like that, or we had some lost opportunity. Um, it's going to be more complicated than that. I'm picking a simple example. Um, it's more likely that it's something, something to do with the dispatch process. You know, we book up with the carrier, we call them, they're meant to book it in. They don't do it because they do it once a week. By the time they've booked it in, it's too late for the window. It gets delivered late. That means that, um, it doesn't get delivered until after the window, and now we're the one paying the cost for it. And the brand is kind of scratching their head, looking at all these charges, thinking, is vendor worth it? And someone who's quite zoomed out from the whole process is just going to look at the numbers and say, this is maybe not as good as it could be. Let's do something else. But really, what you want to do is have a discussion with the whole supply chain, figure out what's going on. And it might be that at the end of it, you decide, hey, this isn't working. Um, but at least you've got an informed decision about it. Um, much more important is to have a talk first. So that would be my step number one is chat first. Um, I've got a few more steps after that, but I'll just pause there uh, on the, the flow. No, I, I think that's a, a great step number one in realizing, one, we have a problem and there's only two outcomes. Either you fix the problem or you stop entirely. Don't just continue to lose money, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, keep well, it's going. Well, it's funny you say that actually. Um, because we, we did some analysis for one company that was having prep charges. So, you know, when you send things in and they need to get bubble wrapped or bagged or their glass products or they need a double seal on them, um, what they concluded, and, you know, each of those charges is maybe 50, 70 cents per unit that goes in to the center. And you can look at that over the course of a period of time and say, hey, that's $50,000 for this one product alone over the last six months. Um, mm -hmm. And what you can say is, hey, why shouldn't it be cheaper for you to fix that in your supply chain that when you manufacture it or get it from your supplier, ask them to double bag it for you and then get it shipped to you and then process it and so on. And that would be less 
than the total cost. But actually, when this one company we were looking at did the analysis, they found it would cost them way more than what Amazon was charging them to get the same uh, end result. So for them, they just accepted it as part of the cost, built it into their margin analysis, and moved on. Um, so yeah, they did see there was a problem, uh, but they did just carry on because they did the numbers on it and found out it was overall cheaper. But I hear what you're saying, that in general, you shouldn't just uh, live with a problem if it can be fixed. But that was now, a bit if, of an interesting if case. You have that strategy, I'm assuming Amazon's going to put you on some sort of um, list of, hey, this guy is consistently, we're consistently sending him chargebacks for these, this prep. You know, is is that a bad thing? Can that bite you later? I think there are some metrics internally on Amazon that you do want to be wary of, uh, like PO acceptance rate, consistently canceling things late, shipping things late, um, listing stuff in your catalog, which you have no ability to fulfill. But as far as I know, the prep ones don't have too much of an impact on your operational metrics in terms of what they order from you. Because at the end of the day, if they like the product and they can make money on it and they can sell it, then great, they're going to keep ordering it. But I don't think those ones impact sort of the actual ordering profile too much. Okay. And I think that's a great clarification. I think people, there's a lot of people in, I've heard that same scenario where they said, hey, you know, it's cheaper for me to have Amazon do it than us do it internally. And I'm thinking, just me knowing Amazon, that it's going to hit some sort of metric in, internally, or even if you don't see it, they're, they're, they are tracking those things. And will that hurt you later? Like you said, yeah, maybe not on the prep side, but on the, you know, on-time delivery and those other things, those, those are definitely more costly to, because at the end of the day, they're going to look at net PPM and they want to, they want to mm -hmm. make as much money as possible with you. And so if that's affecting net PPM or more operational for Amazon, I can see that might not, they might not appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you know what Amazon's like. Right now it's fine, but in two months' time, they'll change their mind and start penalizing you if you don't fulfill such a criteria on prep or something like that. Um, and all that will do is it means that a few of the major products that brand supply that have prep issues will either need to move to either Seller Central or they'll need to get rebagged or they'll need to do something else with them. Um, but yeah, for now, I don't think it has too much of an impact. But like you're saying, I don't think there's ever such thing as a free lunch when it comes to Amazon. Uh, and you always want to be aware of things that change and keep your eyes on the different metrics that they use to uh, facilitate and run their algorithms. Yeah, and if Amazon is uh, charging you 85 cents to bag a product and maybe it cost you a dollar, uh, maybe you should at least look at or think about what you can do if let's say their charges go up or mm -hmm. if there's more penalty and later i think everybody should have a backup plan yeah i agree and, and certainly running the numbers on it to begin with and doing some analysis is um what, what i would suggest and that's actually my second point of what a company should do um, yeah, keep is to is to drill down into each step in the process uh, how much time each aspect takes so i'm talking very operationally here in terms of the orders coming in from amazon getting dispatched um getting printed picked packed and so on you want to know roughly how many hours each week each of those processes takes who does them who's accountable for them uh, maybe do a flow chart there's some very quick flow chart software that you can use uh, we actually provide as part of what we do a, a 
a Gantt chart that someone can download and fill in all their numbers with the different steps and analyze how much it costs them. If you take an hourly rate of a worker at $20, $30 an hour and plug it in, you can see, hey, you know, for us to run this business, operationally speaking, it's costing us three or $4,000 a month. And where could we add some value? Where could we change that? So that's, uh, that's the next thing I suggest is have someone go through, look at the whole process and build out some time in, in what's doing what. And you do that in tandem with, let's run some reports on where are our chargebacks coming in the most and what's, what's the overheads on our account. And do you believe in the statement, focus on what you're good at and outsource the rest? Um, I definitely believe in the statement, focus on what you're good at. Um, I do think you should not be afraid to outsource something if someone can do it better than you and more cost effectively. Um, I wouldn't be afraid of that. Maybe it's just my personality. I always want to try it myself and see yes. if I can do it better. Part of me always believes, well, I could do it better for cheaper. Uh, but sometimes that's not true. Uh, sometimes you look at what someone else can do and you just think, I don't either have the time or I don't have the, the focus and the, the background to get into what it is that they're doing or to get the skill set that they've got. I'm willing to uh, work with this third party to help me with that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I have some streak of me which always wants to try myself. Uh, what are you thinking? Why do you ask? Well, I think a lot of I think that's what you're saying is is you might not be really good at Amazon prep, but there's three PLs out there that are really good. That's what they focus on. And you know, if if that's not your focus and that's something that you know you don't want to maybe really invest the time and energy at, you're really good at manufacturing product, but you might not be really good at prep. So maybe that's where you should at least explore your options. And especially after an analyst analyze, analyzing a Gantt chart or things and saying, hey, it's charging, it, you know, it's costing me $2 an item to prep this or to run this and, and administration costs or blah, 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 whatever it is. Knowing your numbers that is so important so you can make those decisions like, hey, do I need to outsource this? Do I need to raise my prices? What, you know, whatever that is. But a lot of people just, they look at the top line and that's it. They don't understand really the operational costs of what's going on. Myself included, I have had many times in my business and growing my business that I thought, yeah, you know, it seems like we're making money. But when you really dig into the numbers, it's like, oh, wait a second. I forgot about interest cost and uh, mm -hmm. rent cost and adding that in. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's yeah. a, I mean, this is, this is your, your business, right? You have a huge fulfillment yeah. service and you, you know, not just fulfillment, but like, you know, you're very aware of that. Um, yeah. And actually being aware of it's not just someone's hourly rate, even, for example, you might pay someone. $20 an hour, but you know, you've then got their taxes, you've got their insurance, you've got their um, other different bits of cost. It might be actually a double that cost to the company to run and employ that person, um, for example. Um, you know, so what they take home is different to what you end up paying. But yeah, it's, you've got to have a very holistic view when you're doing these account analysis and it doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen roughly. If you did a very quick back of the envelope calculation, you just need to make sure you're factoring in everything that goes into this mix. That's awesome. All right, keep going, Chris. What else do brands need to do? Well, once you've done all that and you've had a look at it, um, I would think about your overall strategy and your future with Amazon. So it's like what you're saying. Uh, you should ask the question, is this something we want to do? Um, are we going to grow it? Are we happy with where we're at? Are we going to try and five times our business in the next five years? Are we gonna outsource everything to someone else? 
what's our overall feeling? Is this a good sales channel for us? Is this part of our strategy? Um, this isn't actually so much of what I help companies with. Um, we partner up with consultants who have this kind of conversation with them because you really have to look at the whole business, not just Amazon, but everything. Because some businesses, part of their strategy is to grow their direct to consumer side. It's part of, some brands want to stay purely wholesale. Um, some brands will never go near Amazon directly themselves or they'll, they'll regret it or something. Um, and you really just want to think about where is it that we want to take our business? You know, yeah. we're doing 10 million on Amazon. We would really like that to be 50. We think that could grow into that place. You need to think about that. And once you start to think about that, you can look at where you are and the current level of issues you're having and saying, well, right now, let's just say it's costing me, I don't know, let's just say $50,000 a year in issues to run Amazon at the moment. Uh, that's maybe tolerable for a company that's doing, let's say, 5 million. And you've got about 1% cost. But if we grow that 5 million and take it up to 20, and now it's 200,000 a year, you start to think, well, that's quite a lot of opportunity that we could be making. If you went to a company and said, hey, I could save you $100,000 a year by making some very small changes, people would probably take you up on that. And a lot of businesses are doing a lot more than 20 million a year when it comes to, you know, Vendor Central or Seller Central. Uh, you've got many companies doing 50, 80, 100 plus um, and having much bigger, bigger issues than this. I was talking to a major electronics brand. I can't say who. Um, but they're a very well-known electronics brand and their issue um, chargebacks just for PO on time accuracy alone were $350,000 per month, uh, regularly, routinely, every single month. And, you know, for me, I start to look at that and I think that's coming up to 5 million every year. There's got to be something that we can do <laughs> that's going to cost less than 5 million pounds a year to reduce that number. You know, because even if you took it down by half or something, it would still be a massive win for the company. But because they're a billion dollar company, for them, you know, five million gets lost in the accounting, you know, somewhere. But I think you have to be sharp on stuff like that to really be as excellent as you can be. Otherwise, Amazon's just making extra margin for you, uh, from you with uh, no real need. That's right. Totally agree. I wish um, I had that problem that five million just got lost in my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a nice thing if uh, five million was an accounting error or something like that. that would be, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so not quite at that point yet, Chris, but we're getting there, right? But uh, but yes, you you got to watch the numbers, especially now with um, interest rates going up and, and profitability means such a concern. I think you know these type of conversations are are so key and so important. Um, but I, I, I love it. I think people need to be looking at their PO on time accuracy. Obviously, they need to be looking at all of these things. And, and where at in Seller Central is the best way to find these reports um, for these brands that don't know? Like, let's say a VP of sales is listening to this right now and they they want to take a look at this, like, uh, but they're not an Amazon expert. Like, where do you go to to, uh, to start your journey on Vendor yeah, so. So inside Vendor Central, there's a whole section uh, it's under the reports tab. It's called operational performance. And what mm -hmm. you need to do is to make the search as wide as you possibly can. You can only typically do uh, 12 months at a time, but you just search for everything. Get out into Excel, dump it into a big CSV, and mm -hmm. just take the whole data and run it through a pivot chart. So uh, if you're not familiar with pivot charts, just they're really great at classifying and summing up everything by subtype and type and everything else. And then you group it by the status of what the type is and if it was charged or waived. 
because some charges are not always applied because they have certain compliance. You know, if they they allow you some tolerance whether they charge you then or not. So if it's charged and if it was by a certain subtype, break it down and you can do a very, very crude analysis just on what's their outcome. And then you can also do it per product as well. So filter it instead by ASIN. And from that, you combine that with your sell through data. So take your sales data for the same period of time, uh, combine your buy price and your uh, sell price, uh, try and add in some sort of measure of marketing costs, add in your total chargebacks divided by the number of units. And what you're trying to get at is, you know, I buy this product for $5, but I, I sell it to Amazon for $12 and I have this many dollars worth of charges in the middle. And for each product, you should be able to get out whether it's profitable or unprofitable. Once you also factor in additional costs related to the chargebacks you get and build in some sort of fudge factor or margin on the account level overview to do with the time it takes you to do that. It will be quite difficult to pin down how many hours get spent on each product over the course of a year, packaging it and so on and picking it. That'll probably be quite tricky, but you can probably take the whole account value and just divide it proportionally as a function of the number of units each product mm -hmm. sold. And from there, you should be able to say, hang on a second, you know, we've, because sometimes what happens is people say, we have this great product. We you know we sell $1 million a year of this product. Great. You run the numbers on it. They're making next to no money on it overall. It's, you know, it's just really not working out for them. And they say, well, you know, we, we can't discontinue. It's one of our best products. And you think, well, you don't have to discontinue it, but you might need to think about ways that you can make more margin from that. Because if you can just turn the lever a small amount on a $1 million a year product, you can boost that margin by 50,000, 80,000 overall net profit very easily. But you need to have those numbers on to do that. So that would be my advice. Go into the reports tab, take it down, CSV, pivot table, new sheet, break it down first by type, then also by product, factor that in with your sales, divide it per unit, add it all up, get a profitability. And what you can do, and I know this is straying into your world now, Isaiah, is yeah. compare that with the seller central price that you would take and what tactic you would try with that. And really you can evaluate what's the best strategy for each product that we should have. You know, should That's we right. put this one through vendor? Should we put this through seller? And you want to make sure you factor in on the seller side, your FBA fees, your prep, your warehousing, and all the other stuff that happens on that side as well. So you need to just, and you know, think through that as well. And uh, so, so I know the report in Seller Central, I need people to have this as a takeaway. It's operational performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually referring to the one in Vendor Central. That's um, one, sorry. Vendor Central. Operational yeah. performance, make the date range as long as you can and click download. And if you're not an Excel wizard, there's somebody on your team that is. And if you don't have an Excel wizard on your team, you need someone on your team that's an Excel wizard so they can do cool stuff like this. But, uh, or go to Fiverr, find somebody, whatever. But make sure that you do this. And I think that, that, that those last couple of minutes there, Chris, was just cold because it's, it's such an actionable thing for someone to do. And then on the Seller Central side, if you're evaluating, hey, I'm making $5 a unit on Seller or Vendor Central, how much would I be making on Seller Central? Uh, how I would do that is Amazon has a free, what they call FBA calculator. So if you Google, Amazon FBA calculator, you go to there, um, you plug in your ASIN, so find your ASIN, plug it in there, and then you plug in your cost and you will see all of the Amazon fulfillment costs for that. Now, there are additional costs associated to that, like you said, you know, your prep and 
um, also the Amazon storage fees and shipping to Amazon fees. So you definitely add in, you know, a, let's say a dollar or whatever it is, some, some, something, uh, that's going to be additional on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but, but the FBA calculator is going to get you a pretty good idea (laughs) of where you're going to be at. And then you got to also add in marketing spend. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's so many things that, that you need to, to think about and add in. And, and obviously I'm totally open to helping anyone through that process on the vendor central side or the seller central side. And I know Chris is also, uh, to, because that's what he does, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely reach out to us, but I, I think this has been great, Chris. So, um, any other, uh, actionable takeaways, uh, before we go ahead and end the podcast for today? Well, I mean, I would be sad to leave it if I didn't talk a little bit about the actual uh, software platform we produce. Um, Absolutely. The main thing that we do is helping people process orders and get those POs in and get the ASNs out really effectively. So if your teams are, if they are spending a lot of time processing orders manually, if they're spending a lot of time making shipments manually, that can be paper pick lists, it can be writing down, you know, this was box one, this was box two, this was box three. And, you know, if you're a big account and someone's writing that down on paper, please talk to me. It's, you're doing it wrong and we can do it better <laughs> um, because it's not just costing you time in terms of the fact that someone's writing it down and keying it all into Amazon, but it's also costing you accuracy and the way it goes into Amazon is less efficient. Um, we actually did a study. It's coming out uh, soon. I'm going to present on it in a month's time at a conference, um, but we have one client that switched over to using our system, even compared to Amazon's own systems. Uh, and they were, you know, they went from paper where they were writing it all down Keying it all into Amazon, getting the labels, putting on the boxes. That was their old. With us, they had a little tablet, scan the items with a barcode scanner, scan it into the box, print the label straight away. And just removing those two sources of error, as well as switching to full license plate receive, meant they saw an 85% reduction in the number of shortage claims that they were getting from Amazon consistently. And that's not just about, um, you know, the fact that they have fewer claims, but it means they get paid for what they send. They spend less admin time disputing them. And it's just made the whole account so much more smooth for them to run. And they save stacks of paper every month. You can already feel how it's just so much better for them. So that's been a real uh, win for us uh, and for that client to help them uh, as they grow and as they continue to do dispatches with Amazon. So if anyone wants some help with that, uh, if any of this resonates in terms of spending a lot of time managing vendor central POs, I'd love to chat with you and see if we could help. That's awesome. How do they reach out? Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm Christopher Coop. Uh, we'll put a link, I'm sure, somewhere in the yeah. description somewhere. Uh, or you can email me. Uh, or the website is kucommerce.com, K-H-O-O-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E.com, chris at kucommerce.com. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate everything that you had to say and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch and love to work on you, work with you uh, in the future on, on more things. So appreciate you. Yeah. Great to chat to you and I'll speak to you soon.